When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 51 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secret. Very special guest in studio today. Oh, that'll be me. You're pointing at me. Uh, yes, why don't you tell the folks your name? John Hines. And? Andy Bernard. You know... I'm going to kick off the next segment. I just realized something because you asked me, you know, about putting John's years and my years together. I never realized something, which when we come back, I will reveal the same day. This is that's weird. I never what? thought You're such before. a teaser. We'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. I just realized something that I never realized before. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I got into radio on September 3rd, 1970, because I... I never really graduated high school, but they had me come back and sit in a homeroom for a half a year. <laughs> and then they gave me a diploma. So I, I graduated in January. No, it was actually December. What it did was, it say on the diploma? GTFO? It says F off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> GTFO. That's exactly right. You doing okay down there, John? Just looking for more volume. It's on the right side. Yeah, I got it now. You got it now? You're good to go? Okay, so so I get out of high school on like December 18th, 1969. And then I go to Brown Institute. What is that? This is like a seven-month course. I think it's nine months, but they, they asked me to leave after seven <laughs> and gave me another diploma. And I started at KDAN in St. Paul, a little 500-watt day timer. On September 3rd, 1970. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize till just now, I met my wife, Catherine Brandt, 
on September 3rd, 1980. I never realized those huh. two days. Isn't that weird? It is weird. That on the same day, it's that's odd, man. What was the date again? September 3rd. So it would have been just before we went on Labor Day vacation. One of the dates that I've never been married on. But anyway. Uh, no, there's, there's, there's only a handful left, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm just. I'm teasing. No, you're not. Okay, so somebody brought this up on by coincidence because I, I plugged the fact that you were going to be on the podcast today. And, you know, one thing I want to say up front to people, which. A lot of people, for some reason, think that I hold everyone at arm's length and get the hell away from me and leave me alone. John and I have been friends forever. Moon from Moon and Stacy's a really good friend. I luckily met him through Doug Sprinthal. Nicest guy in the damn world. Wife is far too good for him. You know, another one of those guys. Right. There's no question about that. I've known Meat Sauce over at KFAN since he was 16 years old. Wow. I know a lot of I think of he's a buddy of Campbell Walzer's, actually. Meat yeah, Sauce. I could see that. Yeah, yep. I could see that. Absolutely. Um, you know, as far as that's all concerned, uh, I have a lot of friends in the radio. No, they're, I, as far as Nick and Josh at 93X are concerned, I know them both, but I don't know either one very well. And then Nick's got kind of an edge to him because I, I tease him once in a while because he, he, whenever I talk about 93X on the air, I say 93X. But whenever he talks about KQ on the air, he says, the show down the hall, right? <laughs> so I, every time he does that, I walk past him and I'm like, oh, you mean that, that show that paid for everything that you do? <laughs> you mean that one? But no, Nick's a nice guy. Josh's a great guy. Who else? There's some pricks in the middle. Oh, Dave Ryan's a complete prick. That's the one guy. Oh, that little puppet. Every time I see him, he could not be nicer to me to my face, but then I hear from Niner people. He goes after me on social media like there's no tomorrow. So let me ask you this. How did you two guys meet, if you remember that far back? Oh, I remember it specifically. Okay. Uh, Tom was on the air at 15 KSTP, the 15 KSTP, baby. Um, and I had been out in western Minnesota at the Buffalo Rodeo. And I was listening to 1500 KSTP. And we hadn't met face to face. So I thought, well, it's late enough. I may have been half snapped. <laughs> no, not, not us. <laughs> but I just kept right on driving. I lived in South Minneapolis at the time. I kept right on driving past my home and went to uh, KSTP, 3415 University Avenue. 3415, baby. Yeah. One and foot in Minneapolis, one foot in St. Paul. I've been there millions love of it. times. I love that building. Oh, yeah. It was it was great. It you was come into that building. front entryway and yep. see that line down the, yep. down the, the middle K. of the linoleum. Linoleum. Uh, <laughs> and they, they finally remodeled the entryway to, the, to Hubbard just this, just this year. So Not I, the floor. Oh, yeah. It's all oh, different. Oh, no. I love that floor. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to give you bad news. So anyway. But I, so I, I, I you're walked dr- You're in. driving in your car drunk over to St. Paul. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. No. <laughs> That's real. Wow. Well, so defamation. I, I, I walked in to the, the studio, and I just walked in to introduce myself. Wow. And, and, I, and I'll tell you this, because a lot of people uh, think that Tom can be kind of a prick. Um, and they'd be right. But. The hell do you know? Oh, I'm asshole. sorry. <laughs> but the number of times that he took me in when I didn't have another place to go, I mean, I'd show up with a paper bag full of my belongings. 
Well, it's only six times after each divorce, so it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> was, but he, he, I know that feeling, by the way. <laughs> getting a little close to home. How are you two doing? He, kind, he kindly took me in. Um, the first time was when you were right off of Ewing, over by Lincoln Dell. Yes. Yep. You had an apartment over there. Right over. Yep. Absolutely. Right across the. Right across. What is that? Minotaur. Where Minotaur Min- and Minitonka Seven over. comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. And then we ended up getting a place together. Uh, Emerson Avenue. Emerson. Emerson and Lincoln. Fortunately, he was on the lease. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Neither was my brother. If you remember that. Correctly. Yes, I remember that. That would be me. But I. Th- I think. I think three times. I think I've, I've said this before. We were roommates three different times. Yeah, I think we were, yeah. Yep. Um, and, he, and, he, and he kindly, <laughs> he kindly took me in. So who normally sits in this spot? Uh, uh, Alex, no our really. Yeah, she. Well, I mean, she came in for the first time in, what, like four months yeah, earlier this for, week? Well, because so, of COVID. It's been empty for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why are you ask? I just because I see this like cuticle. In yeah, there you go. That'd be Alex. Yeah, <laughs> that's Alex all the way. <laughs> no doubt about it. No, John, it's one of those deals, though. I talk about this all the time. For me to be, you know, I ended up over there. I was nineteen, about to turn twenty, when I went over to KSTP, and to walk into a building that had Nap and Bush in the morning, Steve Hatley, Joe Hager. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly had, was just leaving at that time. Uh, Steve Shannon was there. Larry Carolla was there. You know, half of those guys are dead now. Really? Yeah, Carolla's dead. Steve Hadley's dead. What killed Joe Carolla? Hager's dead. He died of cancer, I think. Oh, that's He's Austin, Texas. I think he was living in Austin, Texas. Nicest man. You'd never want to meet a nicer guy than Larry Carolla. You never know what I mean. <laughs> Who called him Crayola? Me. <laughs> Larry Crayola. Well, he went with the joke, so that was good. But, I mean, times like Larry Crayola and I, I was doing the, the uh, uh, I was doing 8 to midnight, and he was doing midnight to 6 on New Year's Day. Ugh. So I was there New Year's Eve. If anybody's got a copy of that, because he and I were hammered at midnight, I'll tell you that. Hey, happy day here, Crayola. <laughs> yeah, great. You know who else was there? And I think about it from time to time. The Cosmic Cowboy. Cosmic Cowboy was there. Yep. Terry absolutely. Roberts. Terry, God, what a lunatic that man was. Oh, driving down University Avenue, shouting down red lights. Oh, yeah, 240, Dotson 240Z. With his bottle of George Dickel whiskey. George Dickel sipping whiskey, baby. George Dickel? Oh, yeah. That sounds like it's out of Black Jesus. What was that? Darby. Yeah, Yeah. Darby. Hey, we're going to drink this Darby. We're going to give you some Darby. But, yeah, that was, to walk into that building with that much talent, and you didn't realize this, but you had... TV commercials, and you had, you had, I mean, they spent a ton of money on that radio station back in the day. So for my first, it wasn't my first job, it was my first real job in radio. Right. To walk into that building and just be around all that talent, man, it was, what a stroke of luck that was. I mean, think about that for both of us. Oh, yeah. God. And what happened good for me there was that, uh, when Knapp left, mm-hmm. went to Philadelphia. Went to Philly, and I had a relationship with Charlie. I love because, Charlie because Charlie would be in uh, early in the morning, and I was doing the overnights. So Charlie Bush 
was there, and we had just developed a relationship. Um, and it's, I mean, one of the one of the great f moments of my career was when Charlie was uh, sick. When he yeah. when he was sick, we organized a group. Tom was there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Nap was there. Nap was there. Yeah, he was. I think Rod Person was there. Rod too. Person, Smoking Joe was, <sighs> I think, there he, still. I lived in southeast Minneapolis when I was, I guess it was right out of high school, apartment with just a bunch of stoned-out hippies. Rod was right next door to Rod us. Rod Person? Yep. Great Yeah, guy. it was like really 11th and 4th Street or something like that. And one of the guys would always block his car in because it was a shared oh, driveway, and he'd come oh, over and he'd be all dressed up to go up to Hubbard, and he'd be knock pounding on the door, pissed off. He hated us. <laughs> oh, Rod was an even guy. Well, well I don't blame back. him. I mean, we were being dicks. Not me. Get back to one question here. So what do you mean? People think I'm a prick. Where's that come from? <laughs> Nobody ever told me that. Well, people have asked me before. Oh, because of my on-air persona. Yeah, people have asked me before. What is I, I, everybody that knows Tom gets that question? I was talking to Tony Lee about this the other day, and I said, you know, there was one time when somebody it was at a bar, and the guy was really hammered, and I said, you know, I'll tell you something, but it's kind of a secret. That's not even his real name. It's <laughs> Phil Castowitz, and he goes, really, Phil Castowitz. And Tony <laughs> Lee has told people, he goes, you know, I've never actually met him face to face. <laughs> no, but I mean, but. Because of your on-air persona. But people yeah. think that you are... And I always say he's a way nicer guy than he would like you to know. That's a good way to put it. Because he prefers to keep a lot of people at arm's length. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's too expensive to know a lot of people. <laughs> it's really spendy knowing a lot of people. That's all I know. <laughs> Over the years, it's very, very true. But uh, let, let me give you an example that if I didn't, and again, it's not like a fake, it's just a bigger version of who I am. And when you're on the air, it's the same way. When yeah. we're on the air, it's just a bigger version. So if I just did the show in my normal, you know, in demeanor, I guess, it would be, yeah, so John and I have known each other for a long time. And be, That'd be boring as hell. Pretty great, wouldn't it? Me talking like this. So John, we got to take a break, and then we have to. I screwed up the yeah, opening. Take a break, John, but, yeah. and you have two minutes to think about this. We always have the guests tell the story of the Ooh. first car that they own. So yep. when we come back, it'll be your turn, and you can make something up if you want. Oh, no, no. I remember that vividly, too. All right, hold that thought. We'll be I, right back. I have heard. That the first car, it was a 1974 prick. We'll <laughs> 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 be back. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, 
The contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We are back with John Hines, local radio legend. John, tell us the story about the very first car you owned. I bought it in 19... uh, 1971. It was a 1954 Ford country sedan station wagon. A station wagon? Station wagon. It's quite the chick magnet. I bought it from from Chuck's on 18th and Lake. He came to be known Hungry Chuck. (laughs) 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 And I swear to God that it died about a block away. And I had a couple of buddies with me, and I swear to God, we were looking at the front of the used car dealership mm-hmm. there as he was counting the money. Uh, the, the, I, I gave him 95 bucks, watching as we pushed it by the dealership. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Lake Street in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s was the heart of the used car business. Oh, yeah. And oh, maybe yeah. not the safest place to buy a car. No. This was not really for non-professional car buyers. No, it's where... Chucks, it's... Time Motor, there was a whole bunch of them. Oh, Woodhead? Yep. Um, In fact, Tom Horner told the same story. Yeah, he bought some he old did, Chevy, yeah. and he I did. think he might have got four blocks out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I put a new battery in it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, I wasn't the, the, the wisest uh, person about automotive uh, mechanics. But you remember that there were a lot of vehicles then that had six-volt right. batteries. Yep. Really? Huh. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. I don't think it was till the late 50s that they went to 12s mostly. Well, really? I put a 12 in there. Uh-oh. Turn the headlights on, boom! Just like flash bulbs. (laughs) (laughs) A little overvolted. Yeah, it was. It was a little carried away. I know the. I know Tom knows the answer to this, but I don't. What was your first radio job? Oh, I went to Normal, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Every time I drive through it, I think of you, because we drive to Florida once while. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 13 months, 3 weeks, 4 days, and 37 nights. <laughs> you must have loved it. <laughs> I just wanted to come home. Yeah. I, guess I, yeah. I, was, I was a home... Homesick? Home guy, yeah. And What kind of station it, was it? Uh, it was a country station. W-A-K-C, Countrypolitan. 
Whack. <laughs> you worked on a whack radio. <laughs> yeah. I remember it's whack FM, but jerk AM. Yeah, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. WJRK. WJRK. Jerk AM. Whack yeah. it or jerk it. It's up to you. <laughs> I feel like the FCC wouldn't be too happy about that. Ah, they're fine. Don't worry yeah, about that. They'll get over they it. They assign the call numbers. Yeah, 1440. Well, I, I, on this show, I can ask this question. And you don't even have to use the word because it's not a great word to use. But I've always been asked, and I don't think there ever has been, um, all radio stations begin with a K or a W. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I'm, I am asked by so many people, not so much anymore, but I used to be. Was there ever a radio station that ended in UNT? And I went, I highly <laughs> doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no. Want. Or OCK, for that matter. <laughs> Maybe in Oklahoma, though. Want. Yeah, want. I wonder. That's exactly right. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> OCK might might be in, but that'd be oh, tough. Actually, they were assigned to a station in Wailuku, Maui. Where? What station? What was? It never was built. KOCK? KUNT. Really? Oh boy. Yep. That in, is amazing. Yeah. I, I never realized that would they A low power done. digital television vision station. So this is recent. Uh, relatively, if it's digital. Yeah, relatively. Why would you do that? To Randomly assigned, I'm sure. God, the T-shirts would be worth a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> real. <laughs> oh, and the slogans. Oh, yeah. God, get into it. Uh. It's like uh, when I was a kid, the thing was... Uh, I need oh, to God, see what it's terrible. French Connection UK. FC UK. Everyone wore their shirts because yeah. it didn't say it, but it was close. God, isn't that amazing? I never would have assumed that anybody would have used those, but somebody tried to use those call letters. I think they were randomly assigned. I they must have been by who? There's Great no way grandma? the FCC would have ever approved I that. I wouldn't think so. So no. they must have known. I wouldn't think so. So I have two questions. Are, are you a Brown Institute grad as well? WKBI, the Brown spot on your dial. And did that place get burned up? I. No, did it? No. I, I don't know. A lot of, I mean, that's about the where it all oh, did started. Did that building get burned yeah. up? Oh, oh, I don't no, know. No, I know they're out of business. They're out of business, yeah. But the original building where I attended was at thirty third and Lake, right? right. That's the one I'm talking 32nd about. Thirty second and Lake. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I haven't been over there. But I will tell you, the Red Barn is closed. Yes. That was you know that Town Talk Diner got torched. That's did it really? Yes. Son of a bitch. You know, oh, that's terrible. Here's the thing, and I, my son, the one who lives in Ireland, yeah, posted um, uh, a, a lengthy sort of manifesto on his uh, Facebook page, and he said he was talking about how hurt he was about what happened to his neighborhood, Twenty mm-hmm. Seventh and Lake, that <clears throat> right, neighborhood, right. Um, everything from the schooner to Whatever. Yeah, the hexagon's but gone. The hexagon what? is gone. Yes. Oh, but that's terrible. My father and I used to go to the town talk on a Sunday morning. He would help me with my paper route. And then we would go to the town talk afterwards on a Sunday morning um, for, a, oh, for a breakfast. God. Phenomenal. It, yeah. And it was just, um, 
I think his breakfast was normally a bromo seltzer. <laughs> well, we can get into that. We start talking dad if you want. <laughs> yeah. Both of us. Yeah. But um yeah, and it uh, and I think that's the part that made me feel bad is because it was a regular Yeah, a regular I, Sunday morning. I spent spot. a lot of time there too. I used to go to they used to have open stages at the Poodle Club which sadly burned down about 4 years ago. Yeah. And it was the it's the weirdest collection of people in that neighborhood. Well, <laughs> it's the Poodle was very right interesting. next door to Brown Institute, yeah. Yeah, right. I think it was within a block or two. Yeah, it was right on the same block. Oh, was actually. it? Yeah. Was it? The corner. My father used to talk about the time that the hex was robbed at like 8 o'clock in the morning and there were 40 people in the joint but nobody could describe the guy. <laughs> yeah, one, you know, one of my favorite things about Town Talk Diner and that might have been in the later year. I don't even remember back then but you would literally go in there for, for like a Saturday morning breakfast or something like that and there would be guys in there staring across the street bitching that Minnehaha Lake Liquors isn't open yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When are they going to open? <laughs> when I drove taxi in the They're 70s, great. there was a couple of guys, I won't name who they were, but they would do a lot of bootlegging on Sunday morning in that oh, neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Because there were some guys that couldn't make it until they'd Who did the you drive taxi open. for? Blue and white. My father was an owner-operator for Yellow. Oh, was he really? Yeah, when they when they broke up the cab company, when and he owned, he owned the, the cab. Yeah. Uh, basically, you own the radio. That's uh, right. Um, because when he passed away, uh, we sold it to the guy who drove his cab. I, th I think I told you this story before, Tom, that I'm at home one Saturday. That's when I married to Annie, my son's mother. And. Do you have two sons? Two sons, yeah. Oh, I thought you, when you just said my son's mother is only one. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I meant two, yes. <laughs> Sons, plural, not possessive. Yeah, yes. not possessive, exactly. Um, but there was a call that came from then WLOL when I was working at, at LOL. Right. And somebody said, I didn't want to give out your number, but the guy said, you can call this number and get a hold of him. This was on a Saturday morning, mm -hmm. early. So I called the number. It might have been James, I think that might have been his name. And it was a it was a, 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 a phone booth. This was before everybody had a phone. It was a phone booth at the bus station, at the Greyhound God. bus station. And I called the number and the guy said, hello. I said, hi, my name is, uh, is John Hines and I was told to call this number. He said, oh man, by now, I guess you know why I'd be calling. And I said, no. He said, oh, man. I hate to be the one to be telling you this, but your dad, he be dead. Oh, no. Your dad be dead. <laughs> Are you kidding? Wow. So, that's how you found out? Yeah. Well, that's a shame. That is a weird story. <laughs> so then I called, uh, then I called, uh, he, he said, well, he's at the Gopher Motel. Oh, that's right. He died in the Gopher. I remember that. He died at the Gopher. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he, so I called the gopher, and I got the manager on the phone, and the manager uh, said, well, the coroner is here now. Oh, God. This is convenient. And it's like, well, okay. And that's the coroner says to me, 
Can I ask you something? Does your dad have a drinking problem? Well, not anymore. Not said, anymore. That's what not I said. Anymore, baby. Apparently not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, it's just too good a line, right? <laughs> yes. uh, apparently not anymore. Apparently so. not. I remember that. I do remember one very special part of that story is there was a six-pack of beer with one beer out of the little, remember the little plastic mm-hmm. circle? Yeah. And there were five boys left. So dad had one and the five boys, well, four boys. As it turns out, had a beer because one Tommy cut him out of the mix. <laughs> no, 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 he was there. He was, he there. was there. I know. But we, we, yeah. This is at my house after the funeral. We, I had them chilled, and it was special X. Uh, was it? I, it was special X. I didn't know. I remember that. in that Green Death. We yeah. used to drink that a lot, <laughs> but oh, it, because it said did. you can travel around the world and not find a better beer, it's no longer true because it's not on the label anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we so we we all toasted. Uh, and it was kind of funny too. One well, here they are, these are. Stories that are, are, I guess, we got to take a quick break and we'll be back more with more drinking and driving stories with John Ides. (laughs) Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble free, energy efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Okay, you just reminded me of something. When okay. I said, your dad be dead. Your dad uh, be dead. Went to WAP in Jacksonville in October of 1977. Okay. The big ape. The big ape. And so I get there, and I'm the night guy. You know, well, the reason, because I have a very raspy voice, and the signal goes right through the ghetto out into the ocean. So they were trying to fake, head fake everyone that I was actually black. I never claimed to be, but that was the impression everybody mm-hmm. got. Right, except for like my second night on the air, I got this call. Hey, cat man, let me ask you a question. You ever laid down with a black woman? I said, Well, what do you mean? I'm black. And she goes, No, you're not. Don't lie to me. <laughs> she knew immediately. <laughs> but so I asked, Well, what happened to the guy? Did the other guy, you know, did he go to a different market or something? I said, no. He got fired. And I said, Well, why did he get fired? Now remember, this is October of 1977. Remember what happened in August of 77? Is that when Elvis died? Elvis died, yeah, right? Got lucky. Uh, they play me the audio. <clears throat> the Elvis <laughs> dies on like August 17th, 12, 17, something, something like that, that, right? Next day, this guy goes on the air and he plays, on, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a musician from the Jacksonville, uh, Florida area. Uh, and we're going to play a song that he dedicated to Elvis. 
And here it is, a tribute to Elvis, Bill Berditzman and Elvis, he just ain't dead. And he plays the song, right? He comes out of the song and he goes, Elvis, he just ain't dead. He's dead. Mm. <laughs> it's like, goodbye. You're in the deep south, a yeah, really. You don't want to be doing that. He's in the deep south making fun of Elvis after he died. Yeah, not, the day after he dies, he's making fun of Pretzel. Not a good plan. But what the hell, it all works out in the end. Doesn't I can't it? believe your dad was a cab driver. I, I did that for four years. Didn't end well, but I, I really enjoyed it. My favorite thing, and this was a, with a yellow driver, I bet your dad knew him. They asked me to be a union steward because back then they had an organized union. This is before they destroyed everything and made cabs leasable. And so I joined the union, and I got to go to the union meetings, which were at the vice. Remember the vice president bar on like yep. thirty. It was uh, uh, across Lake Street from Wake, where Kmart is now. Okay, that was before the they blocked bus, off the Nicollet Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the union meetings were basically us getting stiff, and Dick Say, who was the head of the union, who called everybody my short peckered friend. Telling the most outrageous stories. It was like he was right out of central casting. He's what? calling you my everybody. Go hi, my short peckered friend. His name is Dick Say. He, you know, he was just a character. <laughs> what did Dick say? What did Dick say? <laughs> right. He's actually my the Dick. guy that named Now Then Minnesota. Oh, he is. So really? he was in that town, and oh, they were man. trying to incorporate it. And they were, again, hammered at 2 in the morning and trying to think up a name. And one guy kept saying, well, now then we could call it Mary's Curve, or now then we could call it, you know, Crossing the Hill. And Dick says, fuck it, let's call it now then. And everybody said, sounds good. It's a great town, now then. That's, how, that's how they named it. Not too it far is. from Coyne. No. God, some of the towns in Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, Jim, Jim Paul used to do his whole deal about... When you're in Emily and you're trying to remur, you got to go through. I, I, what is it again? In order to get, what is it? There's three you times. You can't get to climax. Gotta, yeah, right. That's if you want to get to climax, climax. you got to go through whatever. Yeah. Emily before you get to remur or something like <laughs> Some, that. Something to that effect. Like it's yeah. something like that. <laughs> really? Only in Minnesota would you have something well, like that. What was the one I just saw and I shared it with somebody? It's how to tell if somebody is from around here. Yeah. You it, you give them a list of town names. And it was Aiken. It was um, Matamidi. Oh, Matomidi. Matomidi. Matomidi, yeah. Mathomedy. Mathomedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a whole list of them. Um, Shakopee would have to be on there. Shakopee's on there. Oh, Shakopee yeah. was on the list. Well, uh, I knew a guy who grew up here, and he still pronounced it Ostigo, so... Oh, it's Andy, not a foolproof Andy, test. I do that Andy all the Fisher time. Does. He says Ostigo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mess, that's the one I mess it's up. It's not a foolproof test. But no, I can't remember what, what the other towns were, but it was just, I thought it was... Well, Edina would be. People always... Edina. Yeah. Edina or Edina. Edna. Yeah. Malax, yeah. Edna, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Funky yeah, Cole, right. Funky Cole, Edina? Funky Cole, Edina. <laughs> exactly. Goddamn. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Um... Well, that's a hell of a lot of. Now, you gave me all these memories, but all, well, that's made the whole idea too, though. Well, it's there was something else, man. To it, to be at fifteen hundred KSTP, the music station, back in the seventies. And how many like times were you there? In hev- five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just mentioned this the other day to people. I've been at KQRS now for thirty-five years. I have another now seven, about seven years, a little more than seven years left on my deal. 
So I'll have, been, I'll, I'll have been there for 42 years by the time I retire. Longest I ever worked at a radio station before that was nine months. <laughs> so I might have changed a little bit as time went by, but it or, all Or was out, that yeah. more common back then? I'm sure you had it coming, but I mean... What do you mean by that? What do you I'm mean you're just sure taking a stab it at it, Andy? Can I get some backup? Five times, yeah. I worked at KSTP five. Mark Driscoll, I worked for Mark Driscoll and Chuck Knapp. And well, that's how I got the morning show from Driscoll, because he couldn't make it. Uh, what do you mean he couldn't make it? He couldn't make it in. Who Driscoll? Yeah, I didn't know. What do you mean he couldn't make it in? He was just so jacked up. He was jacked up. I do remember Mark being a jacked up guy. I don't remember if he was. You know, if it was booze, drugs, whatever. But, and then, because he needed, I was doing the overnights. He needed somebody to call him to wake him up. Oh, yeah. But he'd be so screwed up, sometimes the phone would just hit the floor. Oh, God. And that's how you got the job. That's how I got the job. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? You know, the first time I was at KQRS... Well, they do say that half of being successful... I can't even say the word successful is showing up. Yeah, that's so I'll see. There you go. you got to show up. But yeah, my first time at KQRS in 1982, I was only there for about seven months and got fired. And then I'm sitting in New York. We find out we're going to have Andy. So by coincidence, I just find out Andy's going to be born. And the phone rings and it's Dave Hamilton going, hey, you want to come back to KQRS? And I went... I guess. I don't know. Then I, he guess, me, I guess. Then he called me back and said, no, it's not going to happen. I said, really, that's too bad. Huh? He goes, yeah, the McKennas hate your guts. <laughs> they owned the station at the time, right? <laughs> were they then, local or was it a... No, they were in Washington. D- they were uh, lawyers in D.C. Okay. And then about a week later, I got a call back. You're in again. I said, what do you mean I'm in again? They said, they stole, sold the station to ABC, so you're good to go. <laughs> if they hadn't sold the station, I would have never come back. Isn't that weird how that stuff times out? That is amazing. I would have never been back here if they had not sold the station like that week. So why did you get fired the first time in 81 or 2? Because one of my coworkers stole another coworker's purse, and I said, basically on the air, you're a thief. And apparently they didn't like me talking about crime on the air at the radio station or whatever. And Dick Poe, Dick's no longer with us, but I ran into Dick Poe years later. I said, Dick, I understand. It's not a big deal. It's not like I'd hold it against you. I've been fired more than any living human, so I wouldn't worry about it. But no, that's the thing about radio. Most people, what do you think the average time is for a person? Well, what's his name? Roger, I almost took the morning job at CHUM in Toronto in 1975. That, I almost took that job. But then Roger, what the hell is it, Ashby? Is that his name, Roger Ashby? He took the morning show at CHUM, and he just retired. So, wow. I mean, so he'd have been there like 45 years. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, well, I mean, was good. so many things, I don't, I'm an outsider, obviously, but so many things have to happen for, the station can't go through a format change, right? right. Maybe it could. It's but tough. It'd be, it'd be I tough. I mean, if you're them. a morning drive show rock guy and they decide to go to classical, you're not going to survive the cut. But John went from playing playing the hits to playing country music, and that, that yeah. worked well. Yeah. 
That worked fine. And then to talk radio from there. And talk radio from there, exactly. So it worked out. I got to tell you a funny story about your country days. I had a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. He's a lifelong bachelor. Women just love him. And he takes advantage of that, I think, to great lengths. And we're we're driving around, and he's got station, and we're listening to you. And I said, and no offense, but I'm not a big country music fan, especially modern country. He says, Mikey, why do you listen to this crap? He goes, I don't like it, but girls love this. They stuff. do. When <laughs> this was the height of the, music, oh, bull, oh. the bull riding days, and you know, back oh, then. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 what was it? Was it Thumpers South, and then became oh, Thumpers Peabodies. I think it became Peabodies down off of uh, 55, 55, and, yeah. 52, That area down there. Was that there. Tony Casa? Did he own that? No, I don't know if he owned. No, no, but he owned. I mean, you know, when it was Thumpers, he probably. I did. think he owned it when it was Thumpers. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. Oh, Todd, but... I saw Todd Rundgren at Thumpers. Did you the really? Real one. Oh yep. God, what a thrill! It was that a must back have been. to the bars tour, and I, me and oh. a buddy of mine who were huge fans stood right in the front row, and I learned how to play more Todd Rundgren songs by watching him and taking notes. And biggest fan he has is Catherine. She loves. I'm him, a man. big fan of his as well. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway. I forgot about Thumper South. That was the fever pitch disco for a while. and I don't know. It's with so many things. Oz over in St. Paul. Oh, that was an interesting spot. That's another place where. That was the Montpettits, wasn't it? Yep, I believe. I think it was. Or Launderville. Uh, yeah, or. I got I to gotta double check now. Somebody, somebody will correct us here. But, um, yeah, it might have been one of Blackie's joints or. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was at home one Sunday afternoon when I lived over by Lake Nokomis. And phone rings, and it was one of the Monpettits, Earl or Warren, one of the, 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 adult the older guys. Yeah. yeah, the older, yeah. And he, said if, he asked if I wanted to go out for a, a love boat cruise. And it's like, uh oh, what? And he, I said, let me call you back. So I called my friend George Cook, who was a bartender. Georgie, I miss George. Oh, God. What a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> I, so he called me. I, I, I was talking to George, and I said, George, I just got a call from, I don't remember which Mont Pettit it was. And I said, he invited me to go out onto the river with him for a, a cruise. Do I want to go? And George said, no. Do you want to come back? <laughs> you don't want to go because you don't want to read about it in the paper the next day. Yeah. No. Um, because it was, it was like, you know, it was uh, it, it, a couple of guys in a boatload of hookers. And which afterwards I thought about it and I thought, that could have been fun. <laughs> Would have been a good time. Didn't work out well for the Vikings. Was that oh. before or after your uh, <clears throat> bowling reference about Earl Montpettit? Remember that? What was that one? You don't remember? Oh, I still tell that story to the Montpettits. Think of that son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you got to tell a story. So John is on the air at WLOL, 
and Earl Montpettit was going up on, I think it was a prostitution charge, if I remember correctly. Probably something from yeah. the, the Belmont. Yeah, something from the Bay, exactly. So he's going to do do a little time in jail, I right? sold cars with a guy that his previous experience, he was the head vibrator salesman at the <laughs> Belmont Club. Well, there you go. <laughs> Good job. So John's on the air, and I'm listening this day. And it was revealed that while he was waiting to uh, go to go to jail, he went bowling. Do you remember the story now? So he went bowling. You sure and, I told this story? Yes, you did. You definitely, because I heard you do it. He rolled a 300 game. Wow. Right? Which is pretty damn amazing. <laughs> this guy's going to jail, and he rolls a 300. Shows you how concerned he is about going to jail, right? Hines on the air goes... And I tell you something, I mean, bowling a 300 game is tough enough, but try doing it sometime wearing handcuffs. <laughs> and the Montpettits did not see humor in that at all. That's really funny. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I, I never said that. Yeah, here we go. Oh, my God. we got to book, book you again. Yeah. It's over already. I know it. Oh, my God. Well, I knew this was going to happen, and we've just scratched the surface. So I want to thank John for coming in and being part of Car Selling Secrets. It's been really fun. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, and let's do it again. Very fast. I'd love to get you booked. You know what we should do, actually, John? This inspired it. You know, maybe we should reach out to, to you know, Moon and, and Meat Sauce and whomever. We should get a bunch of guys in here and do, like, a 50-year radio conversation. That would be That'd amazing, be awesome. wouldn't yep. it? You could be the moderator. You could probably even Andy sell. Yeah, the, I don't have to do anything. Why not? You'd be the moderator. You guys are all extroverts that talk for a living. Who would it be? Let's see. We'd have we would have Moon in here. You, we have you in here. We have who else is out there? Like I said, Meat Sauce. I've known forever. Get him in here. It'd be funny if you get Dave Lee in. I don't know if he's Dave do Lee's it, a great guy. Isn't I, he? he is. He's a he's, I heard he's a, a really a, nice. I mean, guy. every he's, time I see him, he's very very nice. He's a very nice man. Yes. That's what I hear. Uh, and he knows a lot. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. Yes, it's really kind of like an encyclopedia talking to that guy. It is true. Somebody told me he's retiring, or he did retire. No. Somebody told me he's retiring. That's what I heard. No. Well, I Mike don't. Lynch retired, right? Kind of. I Mike think Lynch. Did Mike Lynch retired. <laughs> <laughs> Cannon. <laughs> you know what I love about you? I'll close with my Cannon story and Gelfand story, right? All right. So Cannon and I became pretty good friends. We'd go out and have lunch, or we go do you know hang out and whatever. We talk about radio, all the rest of it. He's having a great time and all the rest of it. And so Gelfand asked me one day, he goes, "Hey, could you introduce me to Steve Cannon? I'd I'd love to meet the guy." And I said, "Yeah, no problem." So I introduced him. Steve Cannon never talked to me again. <laughs> what does that tell you? Right there, baby. John, come back. We got to have you back. All right. That was terrific, John Hines. Thank you very gentlemen. much for the invitation initially, and I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, I'm gonna, it was fun. I want to talk to you more about what you talked to me about, so I'll, well, I'll just give you a call later or whatever. All right. I'd love to do that. I think that'd be a great idea. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later. Over and out. Over and out.